0: The Sideline Cut Podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick, making the energy requirements for your home, business, or farm more affordable. Visit solarchoices.ie.
1: Welcome along to the Sideline Cut podcast sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick. Luke Liddy joined by James Ryan in studio as always as we look ahead to what could be a really crucial clash against Tipperary in Semple Stadium in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. We've been gone for a couple of weeks, of course, with Limerick not in action since that uh, dreaded loss to Clare last time out. But Jim Bob, it's it's good to be back. It's good to be looking forward to a game that could have so much jeopardy as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I don't think anyone in Limerick thought it's nearly a do-or-die game, which is kind of a strange situation. Um, Look, sport is a leveller. What, four weeks ago, we were league champions, whatever it was, and we were saying there's no team in the country going to come near us, and it's a different kind of story a couple of weeks on. So, yeah, look, it's it's a a massive game. It nearly comes back to the old uh, Munster Championship semi-final if you lose or you're in the back door, kind of that kind of a feel to it. And look, to be honest, I think that's what fans and, and spectators and even us in media want you want these do or die games you saw the provincial finals the weekend uh, when there's something up for offer there's always that bit more of a buzz in the game so uh yeah bring on Tipperary
1: bring on Tipperary and uh, we'd like to I suppose pretend that it didn't happen but we did lose to Clare by a point at the Gaelic grounds uh, a couple of weeks ago we'll delve into that in just a moment here's the closing stages of that game Mal joined by Leo O'Connor looking for a goal is Flanagan taken away from him Flanagan has won it back he's shot the Ball. goalkeeper hasn't stopped it Limerick are within one a second goal for Limerick to Seamus Flanagan We've played over four minutes of stoppage time in front of thirty thousand people. I think. Here comes the strike by the goalkeeper. Claire have beaten Limerick. It's been a great, great match. A terrific tussle. But Limerick have come out second best here. Jim Bob, it's like it was like panic stations after that, and you had the Claire, 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 and you had them obviously flooding the, the pitch of the two-scale at grounds. And look, it was a, it was a great win, take nothing away from them. They had a game plan they stuck to it. They were physical. You were calling for counties to level up in our last podcast. I hope they weren't listening because they certainly leveled up. But at the end of the day, Limerick weren't up to par. They weren't accurate enough and they still ended up losing by, by a point. I mean, it wasn't a vintage P- Limerick performance. Probably too early to, to actually hit that panic button.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> well summarised, Luke. That, um, as you say... Limerick might feel like they weren't at their best, and they still only lost by a point. Uh, for some reason, with Nelly to talk on around the whole lot, our mindset is nearly that we've two losses. Got that's nearly the feel to it. Yeah, Waterford should have beaten us, but let's put a positive spin in it. We've two points in the board. Uh, two games played, two points in the board. But uh, it's amazing. Even you, you put on that clip there about Seamus Flanagan getting the goal in the last minute of the game. If we reflect back in the first three, four minutes of the game, Seamus Flanagan could have had one three scored. So, um. And and if if they got that early goal, it just changes the whole complex of the game. Tactics might go out the window. Limerick could push on. So look what we've seen so far is we've seen Limerick play well in patches. Um we've talked about it throughout the whole year. The league can be false. This year it turns out it was very false. Limerick just walked through the league. And the problem the problem every intercounty team has, no matter who you are, whether you're Dublin footballers, Kerry footballers, even more so for the Kerry footballers because the way they go through. But if you look at the hurling, any inter-county team no matter if it's Kilkenny, Galway, Limerick no matter if you're in Linster or Munster the fact of the matter is and I suppose it's nearly the the untold truth that goes out around the place is no management team or anyone knows where you're at until a game comes against Tipperary the weekend where it's nearly a do or die that is the only time when a management now you might see patches of it at training you might see signs of it coming you often see a team going very well but until that ball and they talk about hunger comes until what is hunger what do we mean by what they're hungry for the other day a couple of weeks ago against Clare when the ball broke the hunger is how many people they have in around the ball and how they're getting to it so if we analyse the last two games that we've played things that are not going Limerick's ways teams are copping on to what's going on so what I mean by that is we've often seen it for the last five years uh, Tom Morrissey Grodhaggarty go, to, go back to pitch for, for Nicky Quaid's puck out for, for the other team's puck out sorry uh, it lands down the half-back uh, line for the other te- our, our half-back line and uh, Kyle Hayes or whoever Declan Hannon gets and he pops it out to road here, Tom Morrissey, they're all on the run. At the moment, the other team's half-backs are following the boys up, up the field. Now, what's happening in that situation is it's leaving a load of space inside that probably we're not exploiting. If we go back to Seamus Flanagan's goal chance at the very start, that was exploiting the space inside we're not getting enough ball inside we actually see all the rest of the teams in Munster are doing at the moment they're trying to crowd that middle third whatever's happening but for some reason at the moment we're not able to exploit the space that's inside in the full forward line. At times, Aaron Galan or Seamus Flanagan could be inside there with an ocean space and the boys are just not getting it in there quick enough. Now, that is because of the pressure other teams are putting in. If you're two wing-backs, Claire's two wing-backs went up the field, the lads, the other day, in the breaking ball, well, then it's very hard. There's more players around you. It's hard to get the ball off and there's hook and block and gun on and it's hard to get your head up and all things like that. The other thing is, a lot of the team's game plans are working. So, it was very evident to see Clare's puck out the last day it was a very interesting tactic I don't think we ever saw it before you had the likes of Kyle Hayes up against Shane O'Donnell for example at at numerous occasions you might have had Ryan Taylor up against uh, Dicklin or whoever the other wing back Dermot Burns at times so every time everyone talks about Limerick's big half back line they're all over six foot the whole lot how many times have we seen teams trying to uh, match him in the air the Clare lads in fairness and worked time after time so that there were two wing backs following and every time the Clare lads were going up it happened so many times it was definitely a tactic it was a pattern of play that kept happening where they kept batting the ball down now they kept batting it down in front of them as well which maybe they were told the stats will tell you it's 40-40-10-10 40 to front 40 to back 10-10 there the stats come out every ball was batted down so it was nearly 80-90% in front and every time Clare whether you call it Hunger. Do we think Limerick are lacking that bit of hunger, that bit of drive, whatever, at the moment, going for four in a row? Look, maybe we're getting to be carried out, but every time, if we look at this game as just an uh, aspect of the year, Clare had more bodies in around the ball and they definitely one more primary ball. Now, maybe that was because they knew the tactic and they knew to get men in around it. So that tactic was working. So obviously they're putting more pressure on, on our puck out. The, or, the other thing on their puck out, not they had a tactic. The other thing as well is Nicky Quaid he didn't get in as many puck outs. Off, we saw it against Waterford, we saw it against Clare. If you go back 2018, boys were coming in, they were keeping the space and they were running to space. It was all lovely, they were getting the ball. Now they're going man and man, teams are following. We're just not getting as much primary ball on our puckers. But this is the only things that are happening at the moment. Um, As I said already. We're missing a few chances. It could have been... Seamus could have had one three and Glenn could have had a pint or two. We missed a couple of frees the other day. We only lost the game by a pint. So if you reflect over that game, I could make an argument that we could have won it by five, six pints. So all is not lost at the moment by any means. But the biggest worry at the moment is that Limerick... Maybe it's from pressure on, on other teams, but there's a slight bit of panic coming on the ball. I don't know is that... Uh, I don't know affected we're not going well or is it a mindset thing or whatever but like even Kyle Hayes near the end of the game got a ball he just laid it straight out I think to machine it or something very uncharacteristic this Limerick team to make uh mistakes in the ball they were, they, were, they were so good in the ball all the time and again look at the moment what we've seen is patches of the Limerick team going for four in a row and we've just seen maybe mindset slipping a bit and again it, you have to compliment Clare and Waterford at the moment and maybe tipple bring the same they're trying different things and a bit of it's working they're putting new pressures on Limerick are coming across new things and it's affecting the game of it.
1: Yeah that's for sure well we spoke to Jar Hegarty Jim Bob myself and yourself uh, just a couple of moments ago it was a great chat with of course former Limerick senior hurler himself and uh, father of four time All-Ireland winner Geroet Hegarty uh, let's take a listen
3: Absolutely. Look, we, were, we were disappointed, certainly, like everybody else in Limerick. But, you know, the matches, let, let's, we've got to be realistic about it as well. You know, Limerick have played Clare a couple of times in the last two or three years, and there's been nothing in any of the matches. Like, they're, they're, they're tight and they're tough occasions. Um, this time, Clare came out on top over the last previous occasions, there was a couple of draws, and Limerick came out on top in the Munster final, obviously, last year at the, at the back end of, of extra time. So we know that Limerick, Limerick and Clare is a unique rivalry. And if they meet again, I hope to meet again later in the year. I hope Limit get over this little blip and they meet again later in the year because it'll be a phenomenal occasion, whether it's in a Munster final or in All Ireland. But there's no doubt about it. And on a given day, the Limerick Clare uh, rivalry just it just it just leads to fantastic occasions. Hopefully, we'll have another dose of it later in the year.
1: Do you think it nearly a loss like that can nearly stand to you, particularly at the early part of a of a championship campaign? I know every game is massive in the round robin because it's so competitive. But after not, I suppose, taste and defeat and so long in, mm-hmm. in the championship, can it nearly be a good thing that it happens early and and look, you get it out of the way and and you you regroup?
3: I suppose when, you're, when you when they've had such a long winning streak. Uh, And you lose a game and it doesn't derail your season. It's an opportunity for the management to to press the reset button. And I'm sure that's what John Kylie and Paul and Caroline Court have been doing over the last three weeks, as well as re-energising the lads because they have looked a little bit tired. Um, I'd say the key focus has been just pressing the reset button again and hopefully going on another winning streak. Um, and that won't be easy and we all know that so you know I suppose the most important thing is if you lose a game like what they did against Clare a fortnight ago now um, that, that it didn't undermine your entire season and you take the positive from that being well okay it's a match loss it hasn't derailed a year let's reset the button and, and focus on the next game
1: What way was Garod after it George you kind of you kind of stay out of his way after a loss like that and, and give him the space you probably stay out of his way the whole season
3: I hadn't actually. I hadn't met him for, for for a couple of weeks, to be honest with you, because he gets into his own little, little you know, his own little um, uh, his own little bubble, I suppose, for want of a better word, around championship time. And we give him plenty of space. He's living in West Limerick, He's living out in Drumcolour, um and we tend to leave him alone. He gets enough. And that's my that's my dog back. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that, but um, he gets um, he gets enough stick from from the outside. So we tend to leave him alone. Um, and he's in that little bubble. He's fine. He got over very quickly, and he, he's he, he's he's much stronger than I was now. When I was playing, and maybe it's because the matches aren't knockout. We just we touched on that a moment ago. But the fact that matches aren't knock knock knockout games like they were in my time, you move on very quickly. And it's about mm. this game
1: yeah and I suppose talking about the, the mental strength you need and social media these days and obviously there's a heightened interest because it's round robin and you're coming up against the same counties year in year out um, you mentioned Geroad getting stick I think that he kind of sticks out and, and Limerick obviously get their share uh, fair share of stick because obviously they're the champions the three time in a row All-Ireland champions so you're always going to get it it seems as though Geroad gets it a little bit more than, than everyone else you even look back to the Waterford game and the, the member of the backroom team getting involved. You look at social media, even opposing crowds as well. For some reason, Geroad does seem to get the brunt of it a lot of the time.
3: He seems to. I accept that. He seems to. Um, and, but you know what? He's the sort of player you want on your side. Um, you, know, I, you know, I mean, Geroad is a very, he's a, what is he, six foot four, six foot five. He's a big physical guy. He's a strong, he's a strong bloke. There's no question about that. He, and he does play, you know, he does play under, play going forward. Uh, and I suppose when you play as forward as that, and when you play with that sort of intent and aggression, it is going to rumble into scenarios where there's, you know, where there's where there's standoffs, and we had that in the game against Waterford. We didn't really have it in the game against Kerr, He only came on for about 15 or 20 minutes. But I would far prefer to have fellas on my side, Luke, that are prepared to go into the engine room and fight. You know, rather than fellas that are waiting to get to receive the ball as a pass. So for me, you need you need guys that can get down and dirty, and he's one of them.
2: Jor, um <clears throat> James Ryan here. How are you getting on, Jor? Um Jor, I just want to come back to something you said there because you know, I'm kind of reminiscing here about my own father. And as you said there, like after matches now, she obviously grows a fully grown man. And to be fair, even with my relationship with my father, you, you've kind of effectively met it when you are a senior player. But if I can at all kind of maybe get you to remember maybe underage games and all them kind of games where you've no choice but to go home and live with your father. And, you know, that, that's life. And you kind of reminiscing games like... I suppose, what was your style? Because I remember my father's style used to be always like, I just always remember if like if I'd done 10 good things in a game, he it, it wasn't like, but he'd always say, what were you doing with that particular ball where you might yeah. have missed it or missed the pickup? And looking back, it was all just nearly coaching in a kind of a in a parenting way. It was nearly like, don't worry about things are doing well, just focus on things uh, you need to improve on kind of a thing. I was just wondering, what was your yeah. style? Because, before you even answer the question there's no right or wrong it's just kind of a parenting style or nearly a coaching style more than anything we're just interested and the fact you played yourself then as well would be another aspect into that question you know
3: yeah I'd say Irish dads Irish dads traditionally no matter what the sport is would always look in their sons and see the things easier that they did wrong than the things they did right and mention the things that were done wrong rather than things that were done right I don't go there because I've been there myself and I understand it, and you know, and I do give Geraldo that bit of sp- space, and David, his, his brother as well, because he's, he's trying to trying to make a breakthrough as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do I do give them a little bit of space. Um, look, as you said, there's J- James. He's big, but a big boy. He's got four all of medals in his pocket. I, I, I've known, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we in my time we let a few, few of them slip through our hands, but um, he's got four all of medals in his back pocket, and with that comes knowledge, comes experience, and know-how. Um, but I give him the. I, I trust him. I, I trust Claude and I trust the, the Limit management side and I trust the players that they'll recover from the from the you know that 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 little situation against Care a couple of weeks ago. And all all that, all that happened was the, was a match last That's all it was. As I say, it hasn't derailed the season. But I give him the space. I trust him and I trust the rest of the players and the management that did they, that. They'll get their season back on track. Hopefully next weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good words about trust, Stephen. There and just even there, like um, I suppose on a more positive note, because. I see. that I'm recently retired myself from everything. The whole lot, and we kind of, when we retire, we reminisce. Would you have a a favorite moment in in sport, or a favorite moment, or a favorite game, or a game you'd often think about, or the uh, your the best day in a Limerick jersey, or is there any kind of particular day that you personally always look back and go, "I'd love to relive that day."
3: I love the memories, Jim Bob. As you know yourself, when you when you reminisce in your own career, but. Um... Matches that would stand out, obviously, from a public perspective, would be would be the big games. Uh, like I go back to 1994 All Ireland. That was a game that that ran very well for Limerick. It was just in the last seven or eight minutes, whether it was concentration or whatever, we'd shot I remember Amy, Amy Emma said to me last night, she said, He shot seventeen wides, I didn't even realise we shot, shot seventeen wides. But it was still a great memory. Unfortunately that spill ball and unfortunately, you know, the the, the 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 five minutes that in the in up to the last five minutes it was a tremendous occasion. We got hit then very, very late with that late with those two late goals and very difficult to recover. If we'd maybe it would maybe ten or fifty if that had happened maybe five minutes after half time rather than five minutes before the end of the match, I think we'd have recovered then and I'm going to have to win that match. That's the way it's going. But it was still a great memory. I, I would change nothing, Jim Bob, in a lot of ways. i changed change nothing. Um, you know, your career is your career. I don't look back. I don't look back in, with regrets. Uh, I look back and say there were fantastic memories. OK, we didn't pick up the medals along the way that we would love to pick up that I thought we'd pick up. But there's buckets of great memories inside of. Playing for Limerick has been an honour and a privilege.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I- but we always um, taunt to parents and kids, and like obviously only one team can win in sport. But there's so many other aspects in terms of meeting people, memories, all that kind of thing. And I suppose Ooh. the last question I have for you, Joe, if you don't mind, is like, uh, from what I can remember, you used to be kind of playing centre back or midfield or things Ooh. like that. And I know the way the game has gone. No shirt, sure, you a corner back like Barry Nash is going up nearly as a corner forward there at times, but. In your own career, looking back, had you a favourite position? Like, Would you have preferred to be always named back or midfield? Or did it matter to you where you went? Or did you have a position that you just felt you were more settled in, more natural in um, back in the day?
3: I, I would say 6, 8 or 11, James, uh, would be my favourite positions. But the role of a number 6 back in my time, and that's only, what, 15 years ago, 20 years, the role of a number 6 back in my time is so much different than what it is today because the game now has become so much more technical Back in my day, you got the ball and you moved it as, 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 as quickly as possible, as far as possible. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that, that's, conti- that's called today, giving away the ball. Now you recycle the ball, you recycle it to the best player, be, be, the best-placed player, which, which is probably sim- simple simple, um, t- simple uh, strategy. Um, but 6, 8 or 11, so that little, you know, between the 240s is where I would have always played. But as I said, the role of the number 6... Um, is is uh, very different now. If I was to pick out my preferences in three of them, I think the centre-forward, I think playing as a centre-forward, that role really hasn't changed. You know, the role of a centre-forward is, you know, you're picking up your brakes from midfield, you're dropping back, to help out your half-back line, and you're, you're there to get scores. I would say number 11 is a great place to play, even in the modern game.
1: Gerard, just before we, we let you go, just back to the game uh, this weekend coming up on Sunday. You mentioned this, obviously, uh, you fully expect Limerick to bounce back and to have the work done over the last uh, three weeks. Tipperary looking good after what was a, a really desperate season last time out. But under Liam Cahill, going really well and obviously that big win over Clare and the, and the draw against Cork. Do you, do you fancy Limerick to, to get over the line and get back to winning ways?
3: I expect, uh, I was expecting Luke, next week will be just as tight and just as tough as the Waterford match and the, the Clare match. There was never going to be any, I wasn't buying into this thing that we've been hearing through January, February, March, but Limerick gives them the All-Ireland now. I, I was not I was never buying that because Munster is such a hotbed now that on any given day in Munster, Cork can beat Limerick, Limerick can beat Clare. Clare could beat Limerick, Tip could beat Limerick, and so on and so forth. It's just, it's just so wide open. I just hope that whoever comes out of Munster will have a little bit tougher when they get to core Park. But as, as regard, because you know Munster is it's that much t- more tough to get out of than obviously Leinster. But going back to the match this weekend, I do expect to see Limerick. Limerick will have to come out this weekend and show something, because you know, everything's on the line. That, Munster tightens on the line, the title, everything seems to be on the line this weekend, even though technically speaking, they're not out of it if you lose. I, I don't think that, that um, John Coyne and Paul Klinger will be approaching this, that we've, been, we've the last game, if we don't win this one. I think Limerick will be going to win, and if they get to the win this weekend, which I think they will, their season's back in track.
1: Yeah, great to hear the insights of Ger Hagerty there talking about uh, Garrod and talking about, I suppose, how competitive as well the the Munster Senior Hurling Championship is. And I'm delighted to say that Don O'Sullivan uh, joins us. Don, you'll be on commentary duty at Semple Stadium uh, this Sunday. Your, your, I suppose your voice is, is still croaking from uh, Munster beating Leinster at the Aviva Stadium but you, you look at those big performances and it was a massive performance from Munster Limerick are going to need something similar we know we have the, they have the quality we know that they can get over the line in these big games but after a setback like that we mentioned that it was only a one point loss but I suppose the heads would have dropped after it to get back on the horse, get back out and take on a Tipperary team who are capable of bagging a few goals and are high on confidence under Liam Cahill at the moment.
4: Yeah, there's so much going on this week, isn't there, Luke? Ahead of it. Limerick, um, the wounded animal coming in, Tipperary, uh, probably ahead of where people thought it would be, particularly Tipperary people. Um, obviously, I was involved uh, last year with Killer and winning the county title out there, and there was no real hope that. Tip would get out of Munster, or you know, they were looking maybe a third place might do them. They have an opportunity to lay down a big marker this weekend against the other champions. The, the big thing that's kind of not that I'm settling um, the nerves at this early, but John Kiley spoke after the last game to yourself and he kept using the word break and using energy. And you know, sometimes a coach can be talking to the players when he's talking to the media. And I just felt that that block of winning the league and then coming in and playing those first two matches. John Kylie's long enough in the tour now, and long enough on the road to know that those two weeks off are huge for his team. You know, um, some people would say, I oh, know well, James has often said it, like the championship comes alive. It's a weird time of the year now. It's it's normally July, let's say, and we're having these conversations. But you know, you're going into the mold. He's a train, and the the grass is cut every night now. A train, the ground is hard. You know, the the hard work is done in training and the 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 block is done and. Just touching on what James had said earlier, like a lot of the scrappy decisions and short balls, Limerick were leaving and the puckouts, kinda of look like mental fatigue. And maybe that was the first block of the season. And now the second block of the season, which is quite short, is coming. Um mm. and that's what I'm kind of hoping for more so than anything on Sunday. And I think we'll we'll know an awful lot about Limerick 10-15 minutes in. And you know, look, we're not meant to have favourites, I suppose, but Sean Finn is is probably mine because I would have played in that position. And when it's like I think I've said it on air before when you play, when you watch pro golfers play golf you realise you don't really play golf and I I, I played back and when I saw Sean Finn I realised I didn't actually play back. I just <laughs> happened to wear number two as well but you know how did Limerick manage that um, how did they manage the intensity that Tip were going to bring and that Tip team now are full of confidence they found a couple of lads around the league a lot of scores in midfield and I think myself and yourself were beside each other Luke in that league semi-final and Tip caused Limerick awful trouble off the puck out I remember John Kiley was out giving out to Jimmer Burns an awful lot because James has talked about this before. There's a gap. The Limerick's half line don't move. So now teams are finding a little bit of a gap either side of the midfield. We've seen Darrell Donovan maybe struggle against Clare, taking off in the game, William McDonough who booked early. So there's a lot of teams are finding space in that middle third. And how Tip will will work that area is going to be key for me. And again it's the law of unintended consequences. Clare knocking down balls for each other, running at Limerick on on hard angles. So every team is changing to play us. So we've got to change to the play them, you know. Um you're kind of looking at it going, will the, will the experience kick in? I don't think Aaron Glan's ever going to have a bad of day as he did off the freeze. Tom Morrissey at one stage, mm-hmm. you know, put a couple of wide balls. Tom is the most accurate hurler in the country. Um, I, I just have a feeling there's a big performance in him on Sunday and the backs are to the wall. They know they need to win this game and sets it up beautifully then for Cork the last day.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's strange, isn't it, the way that the the fixtures are falling as well. Clare will have four games; they'll have all their games in the championship played before Limerick and Tip take the field. I mean, if Cork beat Clare, Clare on four points. If you lose to Tipperary, then you're out because you can only make it to four points. Clare, have you on the head to head? Like, it's all really all on the line. If if. Particularly if that result transpires,
2: yeah. Um, I think it comes back to what we were saying before the Munster Championship even started. We we, we put Limerick ahead because they were going four and a row to win the league. We weren't saying that out of complete bias, but even like even taking Waterford, I wouldn't even put them aside because even looking at their results, even the, all the teams in Munster are very very similar. There isn't a million miles between them. Maybe a couple of players here and there. Um, like Waterford the other day were matching clear all the way up to Caelan Lyons getting sent off. They, they were matching them in the breakdown, they were getting their shots off, maybe crazy tactics mightn't have been working or whatever, but they were matching them, competing for the ball, position, skill, they they were all the way there. They had a hangover against Cork, obviously after the Limerick game, they were nowhere to be seen that day, But and they could have beaten Limerick, and if Caleb Lyons getting sent off, Waterford could have been on four points. So for the next couple of years, we're going to see, what, I suppose for the, for the rest of our lives, we're going to see that Unless the team falls away, most of the teams in Munster are very similar. And what we're seeing in Limerick at the moment, or any team that goes for anything, New Zealand winning World Cups, Barcelona's winning, whatever it is, the the, the road from A to B in the straight line, it might be some years. Um, I think Limerick winning the last two years in the All-Irelands, they, they were kind of rosy in the garden. It kind of went fairly our way. And I think that's why people are in a little bit of shock at the moment. It's like... End up to the mouth, Whoa! This didn't uh, go on a straight line, but that sport doesn't go that way. Life doesn't go that way. You have ups and downs. And at the moment, Limerick are they're they're in a they're in a sticky patch. There's no way about it. Like Dan was saying, Sean Finn is injured. They're going to replace him. And going by Dan's talk, he hasn't got the call up. So who's going to be who's, <laughs> <Noah>. go, <laughs> who's going to be who's, <laughs> go, call, call me. <laughs> who's going? to Kelly, what Who's going? Who's going? Replacing him, couple of talking points. And again, like if you. If you reflect over the last two games, like there's people there, you'd nearly swear that, that Limerick hadn't performing and that whole thing's gone so completely, and that's not the case. Um I do think that they went one eight to three points up against Waterford, and I don't blame the team. I was in the mindset myself as a pundit or even if I was a player, this is gonna be a walk in the park. It's like the league games, it's just go into flow here, let's win the game by ten or eleven points. And I think it was kind of a psychological cue that it just went into a little bit of a kind of a soft mindset we've got this one and, and as John Kylie said everyone the whole country was saying we're going to win and I, I, am I giving counties too much credit in that I think they, they held back in the league uh, I do hear a lot of this talk and I'm kind of like does this actually happen but I do think a lot of counties held back what way they're going to set up what they do tactically the whole lot in the league but saying that the one team that didn't do it and I think it's going to be very similar it's only in my own opinion Tipperary in the league semi-final I think they targeted that game as a game to see where they're at. Like I said at the start the a while ago, teams or managements don't rarely know where they're actually at until the ball is thrown in, which is a crazy thing. But that's just the, the power championship hunger, all that kind of stuff. But I do think Tip are going to do the very same thing they've done against us in the semi-final, only now they've done before and they're that bit fitter. Will they be that bit sharper? And look, Tip have their small bit of adversity as well to, to come through. We're on about Sean Finn. We it's it's well known well documented that Tipperary are missing Jason Ford and there's, there's kind of talks around that Jake Morris hasn't much training done during the week and he's their, their go to goal getter as well and he's very dangerous and he's, he's got a couple of goals against Limerick over the year. so look both teams it's a must win game it's mouth-watering stuff but if Limerick show the patterns of play and the style they did in the first 20 minutes against Waterford and at times against Clare they, they played very well if they show that kind of form uh, if they get rid of that small little bit of panic which I'm sure they can I think that's just a psychological thing or a bit of a energy in the next three weeks is Donald saying if they get rid of that and as you say tidy up the, the one or two missed frees and like uh, the one or two missed goal chances and these are these, I think the reason why Limerick are in a little bit of shock at the moment and we are as fans like and why we think the whole thing's gone so is we're not used to Limerick missing chances in front of the goal and we're not used to making one or two little mistakes it's been perfection and I don't think there's been a team, even in professional sports, that can stay at top level all the time. But what great teams do, and I'm putting my nick out there and saying we're going to see it the weekend. Well, great players, it's a saying in sport. Great players aren't their greatest all the time, but they're their greatest when their greatest is required. And that's where we're going to see the weekend as far as I'm concerned. You've got a group of winners inside the dressing room Say, Hi lads, let's get the lid out now, it's time to win. And I think that's going to be the mentality you're going to see.
1: Yeah, no pressure, Don. Um, no. I just wanted to to bring up as well, I don't want to be harping back to the Clare game, but something that stood out to me was was John Conlon's post-match interview where he came out, obviously fair play to him for leaving the, the brothers wedding and, and going and winning man of the match, but he wasn't afraid to come out and say that we had a meeting last night. We know we're as good as them, we know we can put it up to them. I mean, I'm sure Brian Lohan would stand behind him in, in the way that, that Brian Lohan is is, I suppose, and, and his mentality, but was was it a bit strange to hear a player coming out and confidently say we're as good as this team who's won four All Irelands in five years and three in a row?
4: Well, I would normally say it's weird to hear it, but James has touched on it. Who was the one team that drove Limerick to the to the closest pin of their collar yeah. last year? It was Claire. So you're, you're the manager that inside in that dressing room and you're saying to that Clare team, you have to give them belief, you have to instil belief in the team. And he would have said to them, hold on a minute lads, we took this quote to extra time. Like they're up there, they got to the Ian McCarthy Cup for the last three years in a row, but we pushed them right to the wire and it was up to us to finish the job. Like Adrian O'Brien from Kilmallock was brought in straight and conditioning to give them that extra edge to make sure they could stay the pace with Limerick and they did and they won the game, right? So he's going to say it 100%. The big thing that James has touched on there because I was, I was just thinking of it when he was saying it and we've all We've never seen this Limerick team after winning three all Irlands in a row. No one has. So we've no terms of reference for what's going to happen on Sunday because we have no idea. We've never been here before. So this is like golden era stuff. But what we can do and we're all in this room I know, massive sports nuts. We can look at other teams. The Chicago Bulls, the great Celtics teams of the 70s, the New England Patriots, all those teams, Barcelona, your Man City, Manchester United, all the dynasties. It's when the questions are really asked you see what they're like and yes there will come a point when the question is really asked and they lose that's what happens and they get knocked out and they won't be all Ireland champions and that era will come or maybe it'll be a year blip that that happens that'll come but what I think will happen on Sunday and I've seen it and I know these players long enough we know the character of the players which is key like you're playing Waterford you're playing Clare you turn your man the point is on you tap it over the bar you're 14 points to 10 in front or whatever it is Come Sunday, you turn your man. The crowd is up. The hairs rise. You Goal. I need to bury this. We need to win this game. This needs to be done beyond all doubt. You're five points up. You can't take the foot off. Now, I'm not saying you actually physically take the foot off, but mentally, we've said it before, it takes one guy on the field at any one time to think we have this and it's game over because it's contagious. What you'll see on Sunday, I think, is 15 guys more to come who are thinking we cannot take the foot off here because... At the end of the day they need to send a message to everyone else we're back and particularly to Cork the following week. So the big thing for Limerick on Sunday is start early start well but keep that gas on. I mean the mind will have been sharpened. You've had two weeks to look at it now. Bear in mind too lads the greatest city and county in the world for fellas to come up and say to your face that you've dropped off and what are you doing and I heard this and I heard <laughs> that. That That's classic Limerick. So I think this is a huge week. I think John Kelly actually doesn't say a whole pile this week. I think you've got guys in there which we've never been around before Who've multiple all-around medals in the back pocket and people are questioning whether they're good enough to be Tipperary. What a position to be in.
2: I just want to come in here before you ask the next question, even is the like you have to like if you take Limerick aside, and obviously we're all biased towards Limerick, you have to respect John Conlon's mentality there, that straight away like in order to achieve something, you have to believe it first, whether you like it or not. We um the lads have Caroline Cord in their the whole like, the whole thing is ninety percent mental all the time. So if if you talk about a player in general if you want to put the ball over the bear, you have to picture it going over the bear or believe it's going to go over the bear first. Whether you believe in all that imagery or all that, you do it or announce yourself the whole lot, right? So we have to look, and you're saying you often look at other teams, like the, the dynasties that have done all this, right? I often look at things from a player's perspective myself. We were in Claire's position many years ago, taking on maybe these teams, right? Look at what Clare had to achieve in their last game. Look at their mentality. They, as you said, matched Limerick last year and then they folded in the All-Ireland semi-final. They'd have been very disappointed about that. While they folded and there's nothing worse than underperforming, it's worse than losing, it's, it's the worst thing ever. Claire underperformed against Kilkenny in that All-Ireland semi-final. To make it worse, then to get that taste in your mouth even more bitter, they had to watch the All-Ireland final and Limerick lift the cup. So straight away, Uh, Brian and I think this is the reason for their their performance against Tipperary I would just personally say didn't they put all their folks into the first round of the Munster Championship they're saying we're as good as Limerick all that and next thing things just go a little bit pear-shaped from they concede a couple of soft goals they actually didn't perform that bad but the the result just went pear-shaped so now they have a must-win game in the second round of the Munster Championship Limerick coming in playing poorly they saw a little bit of kink in the armour where Limerick didn't have to win and they thought we're not going great so everything was in their favour. They, they were waiting for this game. If you told Clare a day after the All-Ireland Final last year they were going to play in Limerick again, they did a take in a challenge match even because that's players. They want to match themselves. They want they wanted to prove to themselves that they are, as John Collins said, they're better or as good as this mm. Limerick team. They were they were they were getting closer and closer but they didn't do it. So everything was in their favour the other day and Limerick still only... I thought a little bit of taking nothing from the Clare performance. Well done. It's not like I'm bitter, Clare. Well done to Clare. Oh, yeah. But saying all that, doing the whole thing, Limerick only lost it by a pint. Sean Spanning could have one three in the first five minutes, missed it. We missed a couple of frees. Tactics probably didn't go great. And we still only lost it by a pint. So it's not dire straits here by any means. But now Limerick are in a kind of a similar mental mentality against Tip. And as I think, Grud, um Joe Higarty put it brilliantly there in his, in his speech. And, I, and I'm totally on the same wavelength I trust this Limerick team I am not going to be the pundit to say oh no this Limerick team are finished because by God we've seen what what they've done and we know what they can do and that's they're a wounded animal as well so it's a dangerous place for any team I wouldn't like to be taken on Limerick the weekend
1: no I wouldn't either and I, th- I think just from uh, from John Conlon's point of view and from from the speech I know that every athlete needs to go out with the confidence that you can beat a team and, and that you're as good as them but the, the the thing that I was more so saying is this mentally do you want Limerick to know that you're saying that so he came out publicly which I just thought you know sometimes you keep these things in house he didn't and look whatever works for them but uh, look uh, we're talking about the Tipperary game the, the last time these two sides met in a, in a Munster final it was uh, a clash of the ages it was Limerick who went down trailing by 10 points at half time came back in the second half and what was a wild first quarter Kyle Hayes goal it, it had it all here's a listen back
0: Tip are working harder they're playing better they're a lot sharper full deserving leaders at this point in time
4: lifts it strikes it and over a goal there's a small sense of belief in the Limerick Fans and then certainly in the Limerick team, they've come out. They needed to react, and they have responded. I think was the word you used, Shane. Two sixteen to 15, three in a row. The crowd, I tell
0: you, Dan, bit by bit, by bit. If we can keep this up, I tell you, we'll have a chance. There's loads of time. Towards our one to fourteen. Callan, get in, go are oh, again. Here we eight, go. Come on. One fifteen to two sixteen. What a save it was by Barry Hogan. Not enough as Forreign buries it to the back of the net. Game on. Game on is right, Dan.
4: If there was a roof on this place, they'll take it off when this goes over.
0: We're level! Out this side towards Peter Casey, the small little man for the short little hurley. Turns back inside, loses it, gets it back onto the hurley, does Peter Casey. Peter oh, Casey! Peter Casey, 122 to 217. Limerick are in front, having been 10 points down in halftime. And a water break when you're the roar here, Dan. Go on, Limerick! Kyle Hayes beaten one, steps past the second, bounces the ball. Keep off the side. He's still going. It's Keep Kyle going Hayes. On He's still going. 14. Kyle! goes it once more. He's turned. Yeah. The best goal you'll ever see. 222 to 217. You will not see a better goal from Kyle Hayes. Incredible skill. He bounced it three or four times and rattled the back of the net. Limerick in front by five. Oh, that was unbelievable! He started on his own 65! That was an unbelievable goal, Dan! He ran the hallway, his gears were there, and you know what? Consider the week that was in it and the day that was in it, it's only fitting right that that man has gone up and stuck the ball in the back of the net. Unbelievable! Drops in towards the edge of the deep. Flicked away from Sean Finn by McCormick. Inside goes Jason Ford, Barry Nash picks it up, gets the free. That should be enough. And Yeah! Go on, good thing! Limerick are the monster champions. The Cranberries are on, baby. Three in a row for Limerick. We're very lucky to be alive to be witness this. I was very lucky to be a part of it for long enough. I'm not anymore, but I'm proud to be a Limerick supporter right now. And here's Decky going to lift up the cup.
1: Yeah, that was some win over Tipperary at uh, Porky Cueve back in 2021. Really was remarkable to come from 10 points down. Kyle Hayes' goal on top of that. Wow. What a season that was to go on and hammer Cork in the final as well that year. Probably peak Limerick, uh, you'd have to say, back in 2021. They won it all again in 2022, of course, and we're in 2023 now, and we're hoping for more of the same. But not all going Limerick's way. They did lose to Clare last time out. Massive game against Tipperary to come on Sunday. Tipperary firing on all cylinders, a win and a draw so far. So unbeaten after their uh, poor campaign last time out, Liam Cattle really have this side um humming jim bob i suppose they've had that three week period now in the in in the build-up to this game in your own career was there any i suppose moments or periods where the team wasn't maybe going as as well as as you would have liked or you were coming in off a loss and it was kind of a a knuckling down experience where the group got together and you knew that something needed to to give
2: yeah um too many of the moments, uh, too many of the <laughs> memories, look, to be totally honest. Yeah, but I know there's one that, that really shines out, look, not to be going talking too much into the past. But I remember there in 2014, um, that time, obviously, the championship was, uh, I think it was a straight quarter final. I think we were in the straight quarter final, the, the preliminary rounds on the other side. But anyway, we were meeting Tipperary in the first round Munster month's championship. Obviously, we'd beaten them the year before in 2013. In 2012, they actually. Uh, beat us but it was in the last kind of 10 minutes Tip just got a run us and, and, and got a goal and we we competed and that was nearly a shock result It was that was nearly the first moment where we knew we could compete with the likes of Tipperary and Kilkenny and Anytime you're doing that you know you're in the mix but 2014 anyway we we just I, I, I remember the league didn't go our way we obviously didn't get promoted out of 1B we weren't going that well a couple of weeks before we were playing Tipperary they were red hot favourites with little kind of a coming together shall we say with the under 21s there was a there was a bit of a Altercation. I, I may or may not have been in the middle of it. <laughs> um, there was words spoken, and do you know what? It all, all it broke down to was a there was a bit of pride and passion from both sides. Limerick under twenty ones were obviously very strong that time. You would Barnes, Keane Lynch, uh, Dar Donovan, uh, Kyle could have been floating around. They were all looked all around the one goal, Barry Nash. They were all playing against us, and there was kind of a moment in the game. And but what it did was it, it nearly galvanised us as a group. And anyone who talks about sport in any sport, they'll always talk about a moment or, or something might have happened. It could have just, that spark to ignite him, and, and things like that. So like, as you say, bringing it back to present, they like like three weeks, three weeks at the moment. It's gold dust. Because um, the, the the season's gone so compact now. And, and and I do think with all this periodization and strength and conditioning and coaches, no team has this fully figured out yet. This is a, a relatively new championship. So to have these three weeks, um, as Don said there, I think he's right when he talks about energy. I think that's what I'm talking about. Just that bit of energy, that bit of panic, a couple of misfreezes. There a bit of mental, physical fatigue there slightly. And they three weeks to regroup. So you're just hoping that maybe there might have been a moment. Or or even it could be like... Um, I do hope that Limerick get into this mindset at the moment of dim against us. Because there's a lot of stuff being said. And even the general public. And, oh, we're not going great. And there's a lot of rumours going out around the whole. And you just hope that maybe... That kind of stuff, you'd be amazed what might galvanise a group and bring them together. I remember one particular game, uh, Kilkenny lost to Dublin in the league final. It happened to be the league final and they were going straight into Lynch Championship. It was different that time, it wasn't the league. And uh, one reporter wrote that Kilkenny were uh, Croker Chokers. And they were in around the same kind of period of their careers like uh, Limerick, where they were going for four in a row or three or four in a row at the time. And, and they'd one bad day out and they were all calling them Croker Chokers because they, they lost it in Cropper. But like, you would be laughing at it now, but what it did, it was galvanised all the players. So, you would be amazed with something written or something that happens at training or something might happen to this Limerick team and it might bring them together. Um, like, even going back to that, that comeback, that half-time, uh, Liam Sheedy clapping everyone off the field, they thought the game was over, Limerick went in and regrouped. Like, it only takes a moment to, to get a good group together. Like, so... Um, they've had three weeks now which is an awful lot of time Um, I think the biggest worry I would have as a fan or as a pundit or whatever is uh, Limerick have shown a couple of kinks in the armour now nobody's put the sword through yet but there is a couple of kinks mm. and if you go back to that 2021 that was nearly a shock that Limerick were getting beat at halftime because they were motoring going a lot better to look at and hunger and all that right now but They came out in the second half and it was just a freak. And I think that scared the whole country. I've often looked at Kilkenny and their pomp and they just come out with this performance and you're like, whoa, they're going to be hard to beat. And look, we haven't seen that with Limerick yet, but look, Limerick aren't out. They have a massive game against Tipperary. The ball is in their court and you're just hoping that maybe there's been an incident or some kind of a thing that has galvanised this group um, and we will know come throwing on, on, on Sunday.
1: Just to talk about this Tipperary team because obviously uh, a good performance against um, Clare scoring five goals in that game and uh, really running riot obviously Clare unhappy with with their performance that day but did start to come back into it late on and then you had that classic that that wasn't on RT television was on GEA Go and sparked a a massive debate but uh, that game between Tipperary and Cork I mean obviously two sides known for their attacking prowess for banging in the goals and, and they didn't disappoint but you looked at Tip in that game and they looked to be in control of the game and Cork, I suppose, on the back of the goal-scoring form that they showed, came back into it and, and snatched a draw at home. But probably if you're if you're Tipperary, you're probably the, the worse off of the two counties in terms of your mind state after that because it looked like they had it in the bag and maybe that's a good thing for Limerick, isn't it? There, you're talking about chinks in the armour. Tipperary probably have plenty of those as well.
2: Yeah, and look I, I suppose that's why teams do stats and matchups and and to do a bit of homework on other teams because I suppose I'm meant to be the pundit here and know something about it. I'm a little bit lost to see where teams are at at the moment. I'm I'm still very confused and and we we're, we're a good way into the championship and what I mean by that is like clear bad mistakes as we've we've documented in the last pod clear bad mistakes against Tipperary actually hurt quite well and if they didn't make, like concede four soft goals I think they actually might have won the game. So where did that where did that put Tipperary? Uh we saw Cork's first game against Waterford. Waterford I think anyone would have beaten them um they were just on a on a bad mental state they should have won the Limerick game they they didn't perform at all and and I think anyone would have beaten them but Cork looked very well that day and then you you come to the even the Clare Waterford game the weekend as I said already until Caelum Lyons got sent off. Waterford had more wides. They had more possession. They were looking good. I'm not saying Clare out of the game by any means, but they're sending off. Dean Clare obviously looked unreal. They, they do look like a united group of players, but they powered on. But again, they were, they were up a man and we know the way the game has gone now. Being down a man with tactics running off the ball can be very hard. So then the Cork, the cork game, it, it was very hard to make out. Both teams had poor patches. Both um, had poor periods of play. They looked poor in defence. The one thing that I didn't like from a Limerick point of view about the, the Clare Tipperary game was uh Tipperary leaked a couple of goals and they leaked a couple against Clare as well. And you can like a lot of people are saying, Oh Limerick will get goals now if if uh if Tipperary set up that way. The biggest worry I have about that is they they had a problem, and to me I think they have it slightly solved. They fixed the problem. They've run a matter, put back as a spare man. It it closed them up big time. Very good hurler, he knows the role. Maybe they might have a different player for that role, but they now they know the problem. Tipperary have obviously not, not, it's noted that they're conceded soft goals so I think they've that problem fixed. Um a massive thing about this game, and I think the the one thing I do know about Tipperary at the moment is the midfield are going very well. Alan Tynan and, and um Noel McGrath. Noel McGrath are going very well. Um, for some reason Limerick don't want to man mark any kind of particular player because they didn't uh man mark Tony Kelly. They kind of lift him loose and do the whole roaming around and uh was probably to our detriment. But uh I think you have to mark Noel McGrath up tight. Um it's not like he scored massive amounts, but he's spraying the ball. He's like the quarterback. He's he's clicking that but he's he's effectively a bit like what Declan Hannon is does, even though he plays centre back, he kind of Gets that ball and he doesn't always play it forward. He could play it to the side. He played massive ball, spraying. Now, Tipperary do play with massive wit and they, they play across the field an awful lot because teams have filtered back. Limerick are very good at filtering back. So, Tipper, going to, the biggest turn in our side is going to be in midfield because Nor McGrath's playing as that kind of defensive midfielder then as well, getting the ball in. And, and Alan Tyne is going up the field scoring points. But, so, that midfield battle, you presume, is going to be Dara Dunham and, and William O'Dunham. That, that that dim four players is going to be massive and look we know that teams try and close that middle third and they try and turn into a battle and all that and do midfielders even play in midfield anymore we see Tynan now he's nearly playing as an, another half forward where they get the ball and he's running off shoulder and gone so um, I think if we curtail and win midfield I suppose you could say this about any game is it a, is it a pundit sign but if we can curtail Noel McGrath and Tynan's possessions take them out of the game somewhat the fact they're missing Jason Ford I think we've got a massive chance In the game, so I think that middle third is going to be a very, very interesting hunting ground. I thought taking Darrow Donovan off the last day, um, not saying they shouldn't have brought maybe, I think it was David Reed, maybe they should have brought him on, but I wouldn't have taken Darrow Donovan off myself personally. I thought he was picking up a lot of ball, he was laying it off, and that. and I did think it changed the game a bit. So, and Darrow had a very good league, and he was very good uh, as well against Waterford. So, I think Darrow Donovan, William O'Donnell was awesome the last day. By God, he he was unbelievable. best game I'd say he's he's ever had I thought he was outstanding so if we have them two boys going well and we know what they can do um, I think the the two matchups there is going to be a massive massive uh, boiling point in the match
1: yeah, and the, the the Limerick team, Jim Bob, that will be named on on Friday. Obviously, we're recording this on a, on a Monday. It's just the way that it fell this week. So I don't have the team news to hand. Obviously, Sean Finn needs to be replaced. He's out for the season. We wish him the very best in his recovery. But you're looking at uh, Mike Casey or or Richie English coming in there. Then in terms of um the half forward line, probably going to see Grao uh named to start again after dropping to the bench against against Clare a lot of people talking that, that Limerick needs a huge kind of tactical shake-up that Kyle Hayes needs to go back into the forwards maybe that moves Cian Lynch back into into midfield what, what way are you thinking about it uh, do you need to go overboard with the changes uh, in terms of the positional switches or is it just a case that this, this Limerick team need to, to lift themselves from from the performances that we've seen in the opening two rounds
2: Yeah I think I'd go on your last very last comment more than anything else I think not My people might be saying this but I think the management are saying this we need a bit of energy you're on about energy the whole time just need a little bit of a shake up and maybe they need to do something to maybe tactically maybe to change up so that's why the talk is going on about Kyle Hayes going back up in the forwards now I've been a massive advocate of Kyle Hayes going back up in the forwards for years I think he put him into forward he running at teams he getting goals points possible to He takes two defenders out of it when he goes on a run and look it's been well documented teams are taking him out of it at the wing back position they're stopping his runs it's a bit like football they're they're just shutting him down they're making him go across instead of forward all the time And um, look Kyle Hayes and going forward up the field you know Limerick are going well but with, Kyle, with Sean out they can't afford, I don't think Limerick, even all the players they have, I don't think you can afford to take him out of uh, halfback at the moment. Anyway, the, the other thing about that is when you do move, like, they move Kyle Hayes up in the forwards there one day and, like, we just think, oh, Kyle Hayes up in the forwards now, he's going to stare I don't care who you are. If you take a player that much out of position, I know positions have changed in the whole lot. It'd be like we're saying, oh, Barry Nash is unbelievable now, he's going up the field. If you took Barry Nash out of cornerback and just moved him back up corner forward, he's not just going to suddenly know the movements, make the runs, and put the ball over the back. In the, in the middle of championship. In the middle of championship. <laughs> so, but we expected this out of Kyle Hayes a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, he's just going to turn it on above in the forwards. It takes a while to adapt. My God, it, if it was that easy to move from the forwards to the backs, I think every team would be doing it. So, no, I think Kyle Hayes is going to stay where is. Look, he look at his size, his stature. He stops the ball going forward He's good the, under the ball for poke outs. The, the patterns of play coming forward. You, you you need him there. But but maybe as you're saying on your point, maybe Limerick do may need to make a change or two just to freshen it up a bit. Um, uh, but again, like uh, are you going into the Limerick team and saying they're panicking on the ball a little? Do you need your management panicking and making all these changes? I think they're too far down the line. Mm. I think the more things change. The more things get upset, the more you you stay and you you stay with what you know. Um, I think the opposite is going to happen. I think you m- might go back to, um, let's go to what we know. Let's put on Gerard Higley back in the field. Let's uh, put Keane back centre forward. Seamus Flanagan. Let's get these, these players' heads right. They're tried and as joe uh, Higley said a while ago, trusted. We do trust this team. I think you go back to type. You go back to what you know, and you see how you get on.
1: That one throwing in at 4 o'clock on Sunday. We'll have full live commentary of the game as well, online, on air, and on the Live95 app. Uh, Jim Bob and Don O'Sullivan um, will be on duty for that one. I'll be down there as well myself, really looking forward to it. Jim Bob, I wanted to ask you about the the underage as well, the underage hurling in particular, because obviously out of the under-20 championship, out of the, the minor championship as well, like, look, I know it was it was fine margins probably across both of those age grades, but... You like to see the the underage sides contesting provincial finals, going on to 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 obviously contest all Ireland semi finals and finals as well. I know it's not all about that, but is it a worry when when you see other counties overtaking you and you you look at the likes of Clare, obviously in the under twenty final and 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 winning the minor championship as well?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a massive worry because like you're not in you're not in the position Waterford were in, for example, not winning many matches and, and just the senior team not going well and, and the whole thing looking very bleak at the moment altogether. Um, like, if you take the under-17s, uh, I they only, they lost by six points for a finish against Clare, but it, it was a, it was a competitive game. Could have maybe got over the line if, if a ball or two in different direction but look and, and they had a couple of wins in it and did a good campaign and none of the winning margins were by massive amounts you know um, again watching Limerick playing a couple of games as well, that did a couple of standout players you'd always be watching for that as well who's going to be the the player to stand up here is, is there a bit of talent is there a special individuals in the team and, and there definitely wasn't that 17th team did the under 20 team then um, as you said absolutely you'd be disappointed that they didn't get further because we know that there's serious um, pedigree in, in both teams but the Cork game it was a tough one because Cork were already through um, Limerick were coming on now you don't ever take any team for granted but I don't I don't, I don't think um, we expected Cork to come out as strong and, and to go for the win as much as they did um, they finished 119 21 points um, I was actually more impressed with Corks under 20 and the fact that they were the first Cork team I saw in a long long time that they, 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 they battled in the breakdown there was a you men, Ben O'Connor's in the back got sent off. They showed a bit of steel, a bit of heart. did we always associate Cork with the old style and all that? And and they got stuck in. But look, Limerick have some exceptional players in that under twenty team, no doubt. They're 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 definitely a lot of them going to go on and and stare for Limerick senior, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, look, and they only lost the tip as well by two points, and t- and tip run lucky last day against Clare there in the semi final. So, look, they weren't a million miles off it. But um, I think the fact. You said it there that, that other counties have caught up in all in age groups, 17s, 20s, and, and senior. Year. And you have to realise you're, n- you're not going to stay ahead forever. Mm. Um, there's teams catching Kilkenny in, in Leinster, you see it there. Um, but uh, maybe a bit of reflection needs to go on. Maybe you do need to look at um, the underage club structures, maybe the academy, and say, is there tweaks here where we can get back ahead again? Um, look, it's well documented around that we only had one team playing Hartley Cup last couple of years, and half of them are effectively playing for Clare so having a uh, one team playing hearty in the last couple of years is a little bit of a worry and that needs to be addressed um, is there certain structures and, and standards that need to be met that maybe we've the eye taken off the ball a small bit have we gone into maybe relaxation that our senior team are going well that oh, all's rosy in the gang. so yeah look but again it's not as I say it's not crisis by any means it's just a couple of results going not your way and, and you're only losing by a puck of a ball here and there so it's just disappointing that maybe the 17s 20s didn't get to a final and again I'm always saying this you're on about mentality you're on about goal setting whatever the goal for Limerick hurling in 10 years time is to be known as a hurling County nobody wants to play a Kilkenny have it Cork Tipperary have it going by the role of honour the whole lot even Cork haven't won since 2005 but they're still known as that hurling County we want to be up there in that mix and that's where we want to be in 10 years time so it needs to be addressed reflected on you need to stack it and winning again
1: Talking about uh, being a hurling county, the footballers though had a had a great win in the Talton Cup as well. Jim Bob seeing off uh, Longford at home. It was uh, two goals, two sixteen to, to one sixteen. The scoreline. there, goals from Cahill Downs and uh, a Brian Donovan penalty. Look. Langford came and, and they really gave it a right crack at the at the two scale at grounds. Now Limerick go to take on a Carlo side who went to Ockram and got over the line against Wicklow, so it's gonna be another tough game. We expected coming into this Limerick to get out of the group from an outside point of view looking in, but it's it's not gonna be smooth sailing. They they had to fight for that win over Langford.
2: Yeah, the the Telton Cup is as I keep saying, it's in its infancy. It's only the second year coming around. Um some of the games in it, some of the highlights in it, they're unbelievable to watch. And the reason for it is you have a lot of even teams playing each other. Um, Limerick would fancy themselves to be a little bit ahead of a lot of the teams and they, they are. They played Division 2 football all year in the league and I think the the league and the football is completely different to the league in Ireland. The, the league and the football is it's nearly like champions. It's very competitive. You end up playing matches in the second or third round and there could be do or die matches and you're playing against teams of your own level. So Limerick have played Division 2 football. They have that in the bank all year. They've had um, a very unlucky Munster semi-final against Clare where they could have won it. So they came with a bit of momentum. Um, they got lucky. They got a last-minute goal. But again, to win anything in any year to qualify, you need that rub of the green. They got it. And as you say, Wicklow had Carlo beaten. I, I saw the highlights. of. I can only go on the highlights. But Wicklow had Carlo beat they were i think it was 5 scored points. the last 6 points yeah, I, think, I, think Carola, yeah? five, I think they were five i think <laughs> there were 5 points up in in the last 5 minutes and and carlo got the last couple of scores now what i saw from that carlo team in most of their scores throughout the game is they they had that energy we're hoping limerick and dorlin will have to had that energy they were running off the shoulder they cut through uh, wicklow there for finish and one or two of their scores at the end could have been goals so they're going to be dangerous look i i've played division 4 IV football i've played division 2 and 1 or division 3 and 1 football I know on any day in football you will meet a team organised well set up and they just need to it was, in Limerick have won their first game in the Cup but it was again you'd home advantage. There's one away one at home and one neutral so they have their home game won which you'd be expecting so they can't take their eye off the ball in any uh, Carlo or Wicklow in, in that and again you'd be just hoping they come through and they're there's going to be tougher games ahead. Again, you've meat inside in that and you've a couple of great teams inside in it. So, um, look, all to play for, but are you you be hoping and I do think Limerick are going to be in the mix come the semi-finals at ireland Cup.
1: Yeah, and wouldn't it be great, Sam? That's where time has beaten us here on the Sideline Cut podcast for this week's instalment. We do thank our sponsors, Solar Choices of Limerick. We also thank our listeners for tuning in as well. Let's hope that we're back next week and we're not talking about being out of the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. Fingers crossed, for a big win against Tipperary at Semple Stadium. You can join us for full live commentary of that right here on Live 95. We'll talk to you next week.
0: The Sideline Cut Podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick, making the energy requirements for your home, business, or farm more affordable. Visit solarchoices.ie.